Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Lulz. It is Wednesday night on the eve of the NFL draft, although I don't think we're going to talk at all about the NFL draft. It's Peter Rosette and Brian Hooper. How are we doing, Brian? Good. I think there's enough NFL draft coverage for people to to get their hands on. Really? You think, uh, I, you know, I feel like it's kind of a marginalized topic that could use a little more discourse. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. Do you get, do you not yeah. get into like with all your prop bets and stuff? I mean, do you get into the, uh, NFL draft prop bets at all? No, but I did listen to a podcast, uh, on how someone does it, I think, or maybe I intended to, cause I can't remember anything from it <laughs> on how someone, someone does bet those pro- props, like not professionally, but they are professional and that's in their mix. Um, I don't know. That seems like too much time and effort for me. <laughs> You're like me at this one. Like one uh, thing I do is I use my podcast app almost like um, I treat it kind of like an email inbox where I subscribe to a lot of podcasts, even if I don't listen to them regularly, just because I like to see, oh, who's right. the guest or I'll read the show description. And it sounds like you just did the same thing where it's like, I might have read a show description and then thought that I listened to that episode about that. But actually, I just read the show. Together. I was like, oh, yeah, he was on that podcast. I'm like, oh, I didn't even listen to it. I just read the description. Yes, that's that, that entirely could have could have been what just happened. And that speaking of descriptions, Brian, because I, um, you know, when I like I was working on the club top shot one last night, I try to give, you know, detailed descriptions for people like myself who, you know, they need the extra little thing. Couldn't help but notice last week you upload the pod. Description just said lulls. <laughs> I switched it. I did switch it. <laughs> yeah. Is that still up as you, whatever you switched? No, it no, to? no, no. I, I switched it out. Okay. I, I switched it out. I got Peter. I got to make a quick switch here. I know this is uh, not fair to you, but uh, the so- Chicago White Sox game just got postponed. It doesn't look that bad out. And I have no, like a million of random of down here. Of Randone? There's a player on the White Sox named Randone. Carlos Randone, or however you would want. Wow. Goodness. 
these randones really know how to screw us, don't they? Oh yeah. Um, do you well, want do you want you want me to pull you off for a second so you can just no, get no, this no, no. you just you're you good? just uh scat just man. Uh... All right. We're going to the chat. Pete is going to vamp while Brian uh updates his lineups here. We got Matt. I'm sure Vegas Dave has some advice for betting the draft. Yeah, I don't know. It does seem like the people who do well on NFL draft props are, they're the information hounds. They're the people grinding all the news. Anthony Amico, he is has a, a very nice card. Uh, lots of closing line value. Uh, you can't feed your family with closing line value, but you can tell everyone that you got it in real good. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the NFL prop draft market is... Um, is fun. I was, I was checking some of the updated odds, uh, earlier today, you know, they have like the trifectas, you know, guessing the top three picks exactly in a row, the top three wide receivers. So if you feel like you have any kind of insight, did you pop any in there? Um, I have a, just a few, I didn't do any of those trifecta, uh, ones I had gotten Trey Lance to the, I love how I said we were going to talk about NFL draft and now we're talking about NFL draft. This um, is my bad. I'm almost done. No, you're good. I bet Trey Lance to go number three. I think I got it at like plus 475 and I think it's down to like plus 200 plus 250. So I am the closing line value King and I would appreciate it if everyone would kind of, uh, ask me accordingly. So you uh, think um, you think that uh, what's his name is a uh, Mac Jones is a false flag? Um, isn't, that the, jo- isn't that the rumor? Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where there's a disconnect. It seems between like what you know draft evaluators and all of them uh, think about mm-hmm. um, Mac Jones versus what the team thinks, and then it's also like why. You know, why are the 49ers incentivized to actually tip their hand, you know, early? So there's like this musical chairs where a lot of people prefer Justin Fields, you know, the, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks, but the, the league doesn't seem to be as high on them. It seems maybe because of medical reasons and stuff. And then they all then think, well, Mac Jones just isn't special. So why wouldn't you take Trey Lance? I think is kind of the logic there, but Shanahan seems to, to really like Mac Jones at this point and the betting markets agree. The only reason I know about this, cause as you know, I'm a super fan of the uh, Chicago football bears. Yeah. And, um, there's talk about them trading up for Justin Fields. And I saw that like the newest criticism of him is, uh, he's like a, like half a year to a year and a half older than his competition or something like that. Yeah. Did you see that? Uh, sorry. I just got hit with the little notification thing that had me worried about my connection. Um, say that again, Brian. I just said that like the, uh, uh, that the, the, the concern about Justin Fields is that he's too old. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't heard a lot about that. There was something about him having epilepsy. I want to say too, was a, was another one of the medical concerns. Um, let's see, what else do we got here? We have we have B Trail in the chat. What's the next shameless shit you gonna shield? What is PTZ? Pete Pitts? Will you if you can kind of clarify your comment? Um I, I'll I'll try to answer you. I love your profile pick though. I do like that. Um Eric Electric, yo, what is up, dude? Um how, how is your how is your lineup crunching going? 
Well, I got 30 seconds left, and I think I'm done. Okay, very nice. All right. I didn't have any Sox in, or Detroit stacks anyway, somehow. I just had a ton of uh, Randone, <laughs> as one does. Here's what I wanted to show you in the pre- uh, pre. Uh, whoa, how do I? Ooh. Let me go. Let me go big screen here for you on this. Look at that. The Lowell's mug. How is it? Is it delicious? Oh, it tastes a little better. It tastes a little better. It does. It does. I'm, I'm excited. I have my, I have a Lowell's tank that should be arriving uh, soon that I'm, I'm definitely excited about here. <laughs> the one I, the only thing I didn't get. Yeah. Did you, uh, yeah, you said you backed up the truck. Yeah. I got everything except the tank. There you go. There you go. Um, I'm, I'm about to extremely tilt again because I thought I figured out my internet woes. Am I getting a little pixelated for you right now, Brian? Let me see. Mm, it's not pixelated like it used to be. It's just a little, uh, fuzzy. Okay. All right. I'm, uh, you sound, I'm, you sound fine. Okay. Good. Um, what do you want to, what do you, what do we, what do we want to start with after I ruined the whole show there? Sorry guys. No, you didn't ruin it. Um, let's start with, you said you wanted to put a bow on rent seekers. <laughs> So I caught most of Club Top Shot yesterday, and I uh, and I'm like, you know what? I think it's I think I think I should throw in the towel. I think the battle, the battle of uh, the great rent seeking battle of 2021 is uh, is lost. And, well, uh, I, what do you what do you mean by that? Why is it? Lost? I think it's just everyone's just going to use rent seeking as the term for people who buy packs and flip them fast. And, well, the problem that happened to you is you had a group using it um, literally or what they thought was the literal definition. And then you had a group of us now using it ironically as jokes. So it just, it became a, a runaway locomotive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that, that's the pretty much we, so we're still using it as a bit like, Oh yeah. In the, in the uh, discord and stuff. I'm not going to stop doing that. I'm still going to call people rent seekers for a bit, but well, you're referencing that it was used in an actual top shop blog, right? Yeah. So it was in the, um, the actual, what, what do they call their diaries or whatever? The top shop diary. diary? Yeah. And, um, and the, the, uh, the biggest top shot show on the internet club top shot was still using it. So it's like, whatever. Wait, what, who, who, who said, what did Mike say it? Last night? Yeah, last night you guys did like 30 minutes on it. 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Well, ever since you set me straight, I have not used rent seekers in a in a non-ironic way. So oh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's not the battle is not lost then, maybe. No, I, I, the I mean that's it's not a very good battle if you're gonna throw in the towel after one <laughs> and a half shows. The um I thought it's kind of fitting for like the modern times to just kind of just rename a definition and just use it however you see fit. So I was, I was, I was willing. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think you have to, I think you have to put up more of a fight. I mean, Mike is going on, you know, CNN, doing wall street journal, all this stuff. When are you going to do your media rounds? I wonder if they'll correct him. They're probably, they're fine. CNN's fine with rent seeking. They probably do it quite frequently. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't think they're be inviting me anytime soon. All right, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd even go, honestly, if they invited me. 
Wait, you're telling me that if they wanted to write a profile on Brian Hooper from Lowell's about your new app and all of this, that you wouldn't jump at the opportunity to go put us on the map? <sighs> maybe since you're involved, but if not, maybe not. Wow. Okay. Well, we're I, we're going to have to work on your promotion for your app if this is kind of your laissez-faire attitude towards marketing. I'll do promotion marketing. for it, just not CNN. Okay. All right. Okay. CNN. So rub. Well, yeah. What was the, uh, you were referencing some other platform, other YouTube platform. Oh in yeah. The Did you see that Odyssey? Um, it's like a blockchain based YouTube essentially. I've heard, I've heard of it, but I haven't looked into it. So at all. I, I, I don't know everything about it. This is my understanding of it. I'm sure someone will probably be like, that's not exactly how it works, dude. But so like it runs on like this, this library, I don't, I don't know if it's a blockchain, but I think it might be a blockchain. And so all of your, uh, so like the Pete Overzet channel, all of your users, information, your your videos, uh, everything's saved on this library decentralized blockchain. And Odyssey is like a private, I, th I believe it's like a private company. It, but the thing is, it doesn't matter if they go under or if they boot you. Is they run on the library chain. So if you get booted or you don't want to go there anymore, like you keep all of your users, you keep all that information on the library chain. Then if there's a new, a new YouTube 2.0, now you could go on there and you're bam, you're right back with all your information. So like you keep your info on the decentralized network. And then that's, and so it's the composability that's attractive and that you could then move it around and not just have it completely lost. Whereas if you go off the YouTube, then I mean, you're, you're shit out of luck. Right. Like you, yeah, you have no access to any of your, you know, almost 8,000 subscribers or whatever you're at now. So like that, all their information and sign up and all your videos and everything would be on this library. This is my understanding would be on it. And so you could take it anywhere. Yeah. And no one can delete it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to an interview to the other. Actually, I actually think it was. Um, it might have been Logan Paul and his like agent or business partner. Um, and they, you know, you just put aside whatever you think about Logan Paul, but they're they're doing some very savvy things from from the business side. And um, they were just talking about how YouTube in general for for bigger content creators, how they're just they're absolutely robbing them. Like when you think about like how much Netflix pays for their content, you know, creating the production houses, you know, footing the bill for these shows versus what YouTube pays. I mm. mean, YouTube is just paying for what? Some hosting, uh, some web hosting basically. And then they are able to, like even the VIP channel stuff too, like they take 30, if you're a VIP and you pay $4.99 a month, they take 30% of that cut. I, I, I'm okay with that trade-off because the integration with Discord is so seamless. I do so much stuff on YouTube, but like a Patreon cut, as you know, is what, 8%? Yeah, it's still pretty high. It might even be more than that when it's all said and done. Yeah. And, and the Super Chats too, Peter, right? Aren't they like 30 or 40% they take? Yeah. Something like that? I don't know. Yeah, and so they're, they get, I mean, they just relative to, I think, other kind of media operations. I mean, YouTube, I mean just has such a gold mine. And then on top of that, you mentioned that cut, then they're taking that same cut for the advertisers as yeah. well. Um, and obviously they're, you know, they've set up the advertising infrastructure, but it's, it's a crazy what they pull. So, so Odyssey, the company that 
is running on this library chain, um, and I'm sure I'm getting my terms wrong here, but whatever you understand the gist of it, is 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 your your ads and everything's paid out in crypto. That's cool. What yeah. what form of crypto? Yeah, I didn't look that closely. I just went there for like five minutes. I just was mainly interested in that the 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 library chain thing more. Than yeah. Odyssey specifically. And of course, I'm assuming someone said this in our Discord, like a lot of shady stuff is going on in there. Not like I think shady as in like people who are booted off of Tommy G or whatever, like booted off yeah. of traditional social media and then posting on there. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to hear from you know creators too. And I, I assume like a large portion of those people are are pretty just off the reservation. I mean, <laughs> we've done a lot of stuff on YouTube uh, and I've uh, never gotten a, a strike that was actually warranted. So I, I imagine that it's the crazy farm, but it would be interesting to know what it's been like moving over there, what percentage of their audience they were able to retain. You know, one of the benefits of YouTube is how well they're integrated into search and you can get really good organic growth. Like when you think about some of these other platforms out there, say Instagram, even Twitter, I mean, Twitch, especially there is no organic growth. Like if you're on Twitch and you're not getting boosted by a creator who has a huge following or you have a massive following elsewhere, driving it, like you aren't growing. Whereas on YouTube, Go look around at the Top Shot podcast. If you did your titles and your tags right, and you're consistently talking about Top Shot, you can grow quickly on YouTube. So that that's the trade-off. It's another reason why I was thinking, like, well, maybe we, we should throw this on there or something, is maybe you could grow on these newer ones. Like, there has to be some competitor eventually. Yeah. No business has ever had, you know, a monopoly for forever. Sears used to, everyone used to say Sears Roebuck was a monopoly and Walmart was a monopoly. And, you know, there's always a claim. Now Amazon's the monopoly. Uh, like I guarantee in like 15 years, Amazon will not be number one. I don't guarantee it, but I'll put money on it. Yeah. I, I just read an article. Um, do you subscribe to that newsletter? Not boring. No, no. Yeah. It, it's pretty good. It's like a tech focused thing. And it's, I want to say it's, I don't know if they have an exact set schedule, but they're less frequent, but they're more kind of like long form deep dive posts. Um, but they just had one titled, you know, who disrupts the disruptors. And they were kind of talking to your point, like these guys all came around and disrupted, you know, you had the Ubers knocking off the taxi cabs, but there are going to be this next wave of disruptors. And it seems like that wave is going to come from crypto from blockchain from decentralized technology uh and yeah I, I agree i'm sure you know it looks like they have a foothold now but you know the I, the editors are coming the the, the the idea is i think genius that library idea i think that's so great where it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's odyssey then turns out to be this you know crazy land you just take you just leave but you keep all your your stuff you built on there it yeah. doesn't matter if youtube you know theoretically if youtube used it doesn't matter if YouTube kicks it off or you're just sick of the fees. You just take your business elsewhere. Like you, you control your fan, whatever fan base. I don't know if that, that's not the right word, but you know what I'm talking about. You control all your content, all the people who, who use your, use your data. It's all yours and you can take it wherever you want and no one can ever delete it. Cause it's on a decentralized network. That's, I think that's just awesome. It's something I, I want to support and it doesn't really have to necessarily be mean. Like I support everything on Odyssey or whatever. It's like, right. I just think this is a great idea. 
Yeah. And no, it is a good point too. I mean, and it's why so many YouTubers, they, you know, they build up their own newsletters because then they at least have their email list, you know, like you can own that where, like you said on YouTube, I, I know it even from just doing giveaways, like it is hard to, you know, actually get in touch with people through YouTube. Like I'll have to reply to a comment and just hope they have notifications turned on for it. Some people, if you go to theirs, like I have my email, if you go look in the about and you reveal it and you need to send me an email, it's there. But most people don't have that open. It. It's like you have no kind of direct way to communicate with them other than through using the YouTube tools. Yeah, definitely. It's pain in the ass and getting all that. And like Patreon's the, Patreon's the same way too, where so like somebody signed up the other day, and but they didn't message me. So it's like, okay, I don't know your Discord name. I don't know your email on my website. I don't have that automated. And so it's like, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, so if it, it, there's there's a whole bunch of problems with it. But like, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I still think YouTube is pretty awesome too. Like, and one of the things you were talking about YouTube, um, uh, you know, they're, they're like, they're more than just that they host, you know, they host, they have like a billion subscribers or a billion people on here. So like that is, they've built that up over time. So that is worth a lot of money and, and, yeah. and it's helpful for us, right? Like if we were on Odyssey, we wouldn't have nearly as many viewers, right? Right. And the other, like, I would be curious with you. I mean, one of the big, I, you know, we get screenshots occasionally, you know, people you can throw up with your Chromecast or accessing for YouTube. You can watch Lulz in HD on your, on your TV if you want. And that's all because of, YouTube having yeah. that kind of app, you know, omnipresence across so many devices. Yeah, I I, I heard the they're they're um, fighting with Roku, so they might be pulled off of Roku soon. That would be interesting. But they are on Amazon now, um, like the Fire TV Stick and Cube, Fire Cube and all okay. that stuff. So, yeah. What? Well, let us yeah, know. I, I agree. Let us know in the chat. Where are you watching Lulz right now? Are you on your phone? Are you desktop? Are you uh, are you TV? I would actually be curious because I'll do that sometimes too. Another nice thing with the YouTube mobile app is you can minimize it on your phone. You can be surfing around on Twitter, you know, checking your email and still be watching YouTube. Again, another thing that, you know, these new upstart sites, like you're not going to be able to stream in picture in a picture on your phone on Odyssey right now. Right. Yeah. And you got to get approved and for iPhones anyways, right? And Let's on see. and on and on uh, Google too, because I'm not approved on Google for for my apps. It looks like we're all over the place here. We got iPad, we got a desktop, we got a laptop, we got a phone. Yes, Marcos, I know you're on YouTube. <laughs> we uh, got you Chromecasting on there. There we go. Nice. Yeah, lots of lots of different variety with with YouTube. Yeah, it it is convenient too. And I mean, for a while there, we were. I was doing Periscope for a lot of stuff and then kind of like simulcasting because the value out of Periscope was like people are within the Twitter app already and it's just right up there for you. But then obviously Twitter completely de-emphasized it and is about to kill Periscope off. So YouTube is really, it's YouTube and Twitch right now for the main streaming giants. Yep. Yeah. They, they have a, they have a lock on it and I don't even go on Twitch much much so like but like they're they're kicking off so many people like it feels like there's gonna there's gonna have to be like a, a competitor 
yeah. eventually. I mean, regardless that there will be a competitor. It's just a matter of time. Interesting. Did you know, so there's a token earning element to that? Cool. Is that, I'm assuming that, is that part of the security? Maybe. Like the incentive for the security or something? Like I said, I, I just learned about this a couple of days ago, so I don't know a whole ton about it. You well, know, I'd, I'd also been looking into, I don't know if you'd seen, there was this one Bitcoin podcast that I had, was talking about that they're now starting to stream on some kind of blockchain based platform that allowed, it was like something that facilitated like either tips in Bitcoin or, you know, some kind of earning transaction where it all occurred in Bitcoin, which is pretty cool for creators too. If you're, you know, if, if instead of getting, you know, our money in YouTube revenue or whatever, if we we're just getting that in Satoshi's, I mean, that would be a, a pretty cool thing as well. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Like, um, did you see BlockFi lower their interest rates again? What did know. they drop drop it to? Um, half a coin, five percent. Anything over two percent for for Bitcoin? Yeah, and they dropped. I think they dropped uh, ETH too down to five percent. I can't remember, but they dropped a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. I have mine on Gemini. Theirs have been fixed, but they started lower. Um, the Bitcoin's at. 2% and the Ethereum's at 3%. Mm, it's a little safer uh, though, Gemini probably. Yeah. And I just, sorry. I mean, that's, we were, yeah, I mean, you probably heard Andy last night talking on Club Top Shot about some of the stuff he's now doing over with Ave and Matic. And it's just like, I, I just don't have the time to yeah. research it and do it properly. And I'm worried that when the music does stop, that I'm going to have my stuff in the wrong place. Yeah. And I'm like, I just spend my time making content, producing content, you know, like I just, I don't have the time. And so the peace of mind is worth more to me than what kind of feels like could potentially be picking up nickels in traffic. I feel, I feel the same way. Uh, there, there is the uh, Coinbase ETH, ETH 2.0 staking that they have now. So yeah. it's all automated and on Coinbase. They take like a percentage of it, but it's still 6%. Um, I should say at this point that this is not financial advice, but uh, yeah. So ETH 2.0 staking now. So you just got to get on the wait list. Takes like a week or two. Yeah. And then they do it all for you. Like, so the staking process on ETH 2.0 has like a whole bunch of steps to it, but they just do it all for you. And then, and then take like a percentage of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds, that sounds nice. That and sounds, now it's more up your alley, more up my alley too. Yeah, and even Andy had also recommended to me there's one called uh, Yearn, um, and that was, again, a more simple thing where you just put it, and they call it their Yearn Vault, and then they have essentially like crypto portfolio managers that best decide how to deploy those funds and then get you a better return on it. But my thing was, it like I still wasn't fully comfortable with it. It just seemed... Seemed like you were at like a slot machine of, of dropping your ETH in there. And then the rates at the time when I was looking at was like 6%. And I'm like, is it really worth it for, you know, I don't have enough ETH that like the 3% and the 6%. And I was just like, it, it's just not worth it for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I did the Coinbase is like, you don't have to do anything and they're publicly traded now. So it's like pretty unlikely you're going to get screwed one of the yeah. problems though is i think they keep it there you can't charity it until the upgrade's over till they till they upgrade to eth 2.0 so i believe that's the 
and I believe that's coming. What like is that, that's like July, right? With ether, doesn't it seem like it's yeah. July? Then it's next July. Then it's next July. Yeah, yeah but with the price going up, I'm assuming most people think that is that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, ETH is really starting to rip. Yeah. I haven't looked at it. And like, if, if I haven't looked at it in over an hour, like that's a long time for me. <laughs> wow. See, I'm probably, I'm like four times a day. You're at, you're almost hourly. Uh, no, I'm probably at like 10 times a day. Okay. Yeah. That's close to hourly though. <laughs> if you count sleeping. Where, where are you at on because now that I've gotten into like the NFT and the DeFi stuff, I follow a lot more of the ETH maxis before I was just following a ton of the BTC maxis. Um, obviously, you know, you're, the war is, is raging, uh, between them, but from the ETH maxis, you hear a lot of them talking about a flipping, you know, them thinking ETH's going to flip. And I'm sure they've yes. talked about that for years, but where are you at on BTC ETH? I don't think there's a flipping coming. I, here's what I was thinking about that today, though. Like, I don't think there's a ton of ETH maxis, though. Like, I, I don't like if there's a lot of Doge. Like, I think of the. <laughs> I like hope the, there's no Doge maxis, Brian. <laughs> I think there is because what does maxi what what does maxi mean and what does maxi mean to you? I guess if they're different. So to me, um, the, it it is actually a good thing uh, to define. Yeah, because based on my portfolio, I am probably a Bitcoin maximalist. But to me, when I hear it, I think of more like ideological belief that there's like no room for any other coin. One is going to win out. Only one can have long term value and everything else is shit. And so I associate maxi with just that extremist tribalistic viewpoint. Okay. So here I got the definition here, but what I thought before I read it off was exactly what you just said, but like more religious. Like you have like a, almost a religious belief that Bitcoin will like save the world type of thing, or will be the number one not only cryptocurrency but currency in the world. That was what I thought. I thought it was like, you know, Bitcoin truthers on everything. Like, but so here's what Google says, anyways. Uh, Bitcoin maximalists believe that Bitcoin is the only digital asset that will be needed in the future. Maximalists believe that all the digital currencies are inferior to Bitcoin. Like yeah. that's not even that crazy. No. I think it's way, way hard, more hardcore than that. Yeah. Well, I but, mean, there I I've been trolling the guy uh, Pierre Rochard. I mean, he literally tweets things like, you know, you know, don't don't uh, have a car buy Bitcoin. Like they're getting to the point where they're like, you should have no clothes. You should eat, um, just rice and whatever can barely sustain you and put every single one of your working fiat into Bitcoin. Like th- they yes. truly talk like that. That's what I'm talking about. Cause I noticed it a few months ago when I would make a couple tweets about Bitcoin. Um, and my comments would fill up with people who don't follow me. And the same thing happened with Doge. Like, especially if you joke, like joke that Bitcoin isn't the greatest thing ever. And you will get like 10 comments about how stupid you are. Well, in my thing too, is what it's just been funny is now having a bunch of ETH maxis in my feed. They're just as hyperbolic and over the top as the Bitcoin ones. Like some okay. of them are. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking was I never, I never got that interaction. So I was honestly thinking the complete opposite and you might be completely totally right. And I may be totally wrong, 
was that ETH could actually go up. I don't think it's going to beat Bitcoin, but could go up in value because I don't think it has that like maximalist cult like following as big as Bitcoin, like as crazy as Bitcoin. I know there are like some, you know, what's his name? Vitalik Buterin or whatever. Yeah. I know there are like guys who just love, love the, the whole thing about ETH and everything like that. I'm not yeah. saying that. And there are some maximalists there, but it just seems significantly smaller, but I have never made fun of ETH on, on Twitter. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just haven't gotten the re- reactions yet. Yeah. I mean, I think from, a narrative standpoint, Ethereum has a more inside track to just be part of the conversation in the zeitgeist more in that like Bitcoin is really settled into this is digital gold store of value. No one wants to transact with their Bitcoin. We all just want to hodl it for forever. And then, but Ethereum, you see it as both a store of value, as a as a currency, as a platform, the way it's being used in NFTs and DeFi. So I just feel like, you know, someone in here just mentioned, I heard a commercial on the radio yesterday about NFTs. I feel like the mainstream is going to start hearing about Ethereum in more practical ways than they might Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. Because it's being used. Because it's being used. And know. even like ancillary. So like it's being used for Dapper, even though it's on the flow. It's just like a copy of, of ETH, right? Yeah. Of the ETH code? Um, yeah, I, I'm uh, not. Do I have that wrong? The, the flow blockchain, I know they built that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That yeah. one, um, I think that's like just a homegrown. Yeah, I thought um, it was like a basically a copy of the Ethereum one, but maybe not. And then um, what? They just sacrifice the decentralization for the the lower transaction fees. Yeah, they they yeah. that they made some change like that. I think there's like a bunch of them that thought did that. Yeah, Kyle Marley's in my uh, YouTube chat. I just just hopped over there. He says. He's watching us on the big screen and his, his three-year-old is a, is a big Lulz fan. <laughs> wow. There you go. You know, we have, we have, uh, 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 youth and toddler shirts too. So yeah, there you go. The link, uh, is down in the descriptions. T public has the, uh, the baby onesies. They got the kids shirts, the kids hoodies. So yeah, get them, uh, get them all swagged out. The one thing I will say, if you're getting merch is I don't know the rhyme or reason, but T public will do these like 35% off sales. Like it seems like once a week or so. So if you want to get stuff, um, wait, wait for the 35% off sale and then, and then get your stuff. Um, but yeah, I, uh, are you still, do you still regularly? Oh, this actually is a good dovetail conversation because we had Eric Belair, um, another plug. We, I set up a, a Lowell's channel in the deposit kingdom discord. 
Uh, it's been fun chatting with you guys, bouncing uh, ideas off for show topics and stuff we're talking about. So if you want to hop in the Discord, that link's down below. You can look under the Shows tab. And we got the Lulz channel in there. But Eric was in there earlier, and he was talking about dollar cost averaging mm. as it pertains to Top Shot. I think you know I've mostly been thinking about it in terms of crypto. But you said you had some um, thoughts on it. In general, and I was just going to ask, do you kind of dollar cost average into any crypto? I used to into Bitcoin, and then it was just getting so expensive because I was doing, I wasn't doing like whatever, so let's say 50 bucks or whatever, just make up a number. Yeah. I was doing 0.1 Bitcoins or 0.2 Bitcoins every Monday or something like that. And then eventually, like this is a long time ago, and then eventually it's like, you know, two grand, two, two grand. And like, yeah. And instead of as a, like a dummy, instead of just switching it to whatever, a couple hundred bucks, I just, I just deleted it on Coinbase and then, and then never did it again. See, but isn't that the entire, for me, the entire point of dollar cost averaging is I take my emotions out of that. Whereas when I was buying, you know, here's my brag, buying the Bitcoin at seven or 8,000 there for the past year, you know, it felt gross. I was not excited about stacking Bitcoin <laughs> during that bear market. And then, so on the flip side, I'm like, I'm not going to feel gross about it being at this point either. I'm just setting it and forget it. That was my, so that was my thought. So maybe dollar cost averaging is the way to go or something like that. But I was thinking about it because it's something you said before was um, not taking your emotions out of it, but you can't time the market. Right. Yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with that. But yeah. what I, what I was thinking was it's kind of arbitrary. So like, see if my logic's right here. So it doesn't matter what you do, your time in the market. That's the too long, didn't read version. So like, even if you choose to go, I'm going to do every Monday X amount. Well, guess what? Your time in the market. And if you, yeah. or if you go, I'm going to do 5,000 today and 5,000 in the middle of the year, your time in the market, or you're going to go, I'm going to do 10,000 today. I don't, I, any way you slice and dice it, your time in the market. And is that right around? So I need to understand what you're like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but are, are you saying because of it, like because of the day of the week or just like a regular buy or what, what makes it, it doesn't, because I, it doesn't matter. Like you, you're, yeah. you're deciding I'm going to do it every Monday, regardless of the price. Right. So you're, you are kind of, you are timing the market. You're just deciding in advance, I'm going to do it every Monday, regardless of the price. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you said, I'm going to do it every Monday. And if it's less than 55,000, mm -hmm. that's the same thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter anyway. Anytime you decide, no matter what your plan is, it's timing. Like, I don't think you could take the timing element out of it. Right. But I mean, isn't the counter and I would agree with that even on like a much smaller scale. If you're like, I'm at a dollar cost average in for a month, it's like, okay, you know, but the longer your time horizon, the more you are just making a play on whatever that asset is that you're investing in, regardless of what the price is. Yeah, but I still think that's timing it. You're saying like, I don't know what the price is going to be. So therefore I'm going to average over time. Okay. That's, well, let, okay. That's your timing strategy then. Then let me flip it. Let me ask. It, it might be pedantic. I might be being it, pedantic. It feels a little bit, but I was going to say what would not be timing the market, but investing in something. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure it's possible. 
So yeah. like, even if you hire a financial advisor, you're timing the market. Because mm-hmm. you're like giving his money and he's going to go and do it at some point. So like you just, you, yeah. as soon as you give him money, you're timing it. Yeah, I think I think maybe where the difference lies is the connotation for timing the market is like this I know better thing. Yeah. It's like I yeah. have a read on I I don't know whether it's technical analysis or news yeah. or whatever, a rumor, and then I am going to be smarter than the market. And maybe the thing when I think of timing the market is I know I will I cannot be smarter than the market. And so the only way for me is just to have belief in that market in general and remove me thinking I know anything that gives me an advantage yeah. on the market. That's that. Yes, I agree with that. And um, saying like, I'll buy when it hits this specific number, I guess right. is kind of similar to what you're talking about. But yeah, like just saying, I like the market admitting. So like, forget those guys, but forget those guys just for a second. Admitting that you have no clue what the price is going to be. After, everything after that is timing, though. Everything after that is arbitrary because mm. you don't know what it's going to be. You're admitting you don't know what it's going to be. So if you bought in everything you penny you had today or every penny you had to then six months from now or $10 a day until six months, like that's all timing because you have no clue. It, it yeah. might be a little bit. But like when you bring in like, yeah, the 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 chart, the chart guys, I think that stuff is 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 astrology. <laughs> Yeah. To me, it looks like, but you know, I don't know a lot about it. So maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. So I, I get that when you bring those guys back in or people who are like, I'm going to buy it, you know, 50, 51, and then I'm going to sell at 60 and then I'm going to buy back in at 57 and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, fine. Then I'm being pedantic. Yeah. And not to mention like the other thing that makes dollar cost averaging much easier is I'm not trading it. I don't want to trigger any taxable, taxable events. Like I'm just putting it in. Um, I don't want to get hit with, with any of the, uh, the capital gains tax, all of that stuff. It's just putting it in. I've never sold a cent of Bitcoin partly out of fear of not wanting to deal with the taxes. Um, changing the subject because Coney dog here, Coney dogs. Oh yeah. Got me thinking. So first question, do you think the whistle goes woo has ever watched RDF? How about any DFS show? And then just our show. Okay. He's definitely watched DFS shows. Um, you know, I would, it would be fascinating to know, you know, is he an RG guy? Is he an Osmo guy? Is he a run pure guy? You know what, what is whistle goes woo? But the reason this got, on, I think first, so I saved two of these links. I think first we should show a little bit of the initial interview. So Whistle Goes Woo, Ryan, to give people the background, he won the 2020 Fantasy Football World Championship. What was it, a $2 million prize? I don't I don't look. I'm too jealous. You're too jealous. So I just want people to kind of get a vibe of this guy if they haven't um, seen him yet. This is David Bergman here. Go. There's the woo. $2.5 million richer. David, I mean, I can tell by your dancing, but like, how does it feel? Oh, it's like, I, I, it's hard to really imagine how good this feels. Like, you watch the game, you sweat it out, you're like, oh, I see this lineup rising. It's going to rise. It's going to rise. But then it rises. Woo! Woo! (laughs) Which of your plays today were you most confident in like who did you need to have in your lineup i mean what made you play the cowboys dst like 
Actually, I like the Cardinals defense the most. Yeah. It just so happened that the Cowboys defense came up for me, but that's the one I really wanted. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I had basically, I wanted to like hit a bunch of defenses and then hope that one of my quarterbacks rose to the top and it happened. So thank you, Kyle Murray. I love you. <laughs> okay. So Brian, when you first saw this interview, um, what what was your take on on who this guy was and what his DFS acumen was? Said it many times. How do I ever lose? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, and I've thought it many times. How do I ever fucking lose to these people? So, flash forward to a couple days ago, Brian sends me this article. Business professor wins two and a half million fantasy football jackpot using the concepts he teaches students. This is the same guy, Brian, David Bergman here, buttoned up wearing a very nice suit in his lecture hall at the university. Uh, I mean, this kind of two pronged character is just absolutely incredible. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I was, and I was looking through there and I did not see the whistle goes woo mentioned once in this article, unless I missed it. Yeah. Let me, let me control F here. Yeah. There's no whistle mentioned. There's no whistle goes woo. So I, w- I was listening to your, like, what, it, what is your take? Like, was, is, is he really just this guy and he just was so drunk? And so, because even it still feels like there was a bit of a character going on with that interview right yeah yeah i don't get it it doesn't make any sense with this picture um, this picture looks so serious he looks like he has a stick up his ass in this photo <laughs> he was he's a professor what do you expect he he was he was probably boozing oh well clearly yeah clearly boozing but you don't gotta do the whole whistle goes woo bit no no, that's what's so crazy to me. It was like, yeah, the whistle goes woo bit. Like now I really, I want to audit one of his classes. I want to sit in his class and I want to know because like there are, of course, the quirky professors, you know, they're having fun, they're cracking jokes. But for some reason, this photo, it just like, they're trying to say like, this guy's all business, man. All business. Who do you feel better getting beaten by? <laughs> this guy's ahead, he's ahead of me now in the player of the year. Wow. He's like sixth. I'm eighth or something like that. Um, can you scroll down to the last sentence, please? I just think I saw something about Jose. Uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the last one. It was the Jose, Jose Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. It says Bergman's winning is another feather in the cap for the school's program. <laughs> <laughs> Do they see Do the school's program? See that interview? <laughs> yeah, that is the other thing I want to know. I mean, he was in that interview. It wasn't like he was going anonymously you know he was it says david bergman wins so like i mean that's a very seo friendly thing that anyone could search his name and find that yeah yeah definitely um Um, to to answer your question i would much rather lose to david bergman the professor because i'm used to losing like assholes like you guys um you know when when you lose to the woo guy and you're like wait why can't i just party and win money playing DFS like that. That's literally what I've tried to do. <laughs> who, who would you just to the to the audience? Who would you rather lose to? So like like a whistle goes woo type of happy go lucky. I don't know drunk whatever you wanted to call the interview, the professor 
or like a professional gambler. I don't, I'm not a professor, obviously. It, it, it feels like most of the guys are, are gamblers. Like they're former poker players or sports bettors. No, I, I, I don't mind losing to guys like you and Osimo uh, because I know you guys are very smart. I know you have put in the work. I know you're playing the game at a different level um, versus I think the type of person you're describing. Like I know that person from Twitter too, where it's like they, they have more confidence for their abilities than is probably like reflected in what their true skill is. You know, like it's how everyone, you know how they always say like the poker guys or the DFS guys becomes experts on every single subjects. It's like they became stock market experts. They became epidemiologists, you know, all of these things. It's like that kind of guy that I don't want to lose to near as much. I'm okay losing to you and Bergman. Okay. Maybe we should bring the, the DFS guys up into the, the run here. <laughs> Don't don't get us in trouble. What they call us? I can't remember. The nerds versus the the jacks. I think so. Yeah, it was a very outsiders, the socias and the greasers. Um, yeah, no, I just it it is just I really want to get a sober interview with Bergman, and I just want to see is he this like just loose like cracking jokes kind of guy, or was that just all the alcohol? Uh, and as the Maybe chat we can is get him on here. All right, David, hang on. What what was your read on? Do you think he's like a DFS content guy or you just think he's in his own lab? I think he uses projections from a content site and then probably does a little behind the scenes uh, Excel work or maybe a, a, a R or something, a little more advanced stats program. That would be my guess. Was there anything else in this article like any nuggets about like his process or something that stood out to you no it looked like it was just a puff piece for the school to me yeah we Um, could we could track down his you know uh other researchers in bergman's field recently published an article in management science a top journal titled how to play fantasy sports strategically and win but that says other researchers so that wasn't even him right i saw that yep but he does say top again, he's not talking about himself. He says top ranked players might use a combination of game theory, predictive modeling, machine learning, and optimization yeah. for selecting entries. Sounds like he's describing you there, but it's hard to know if he's describing himself. Right. Um, so I bet he uses Fantasy Cruncher. That's the optimization. Probably pays for at least one content site. And then he does and then he does a little editing outside of Cruncher to come up with his lineups. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, I don't think he comes up with his own projections. Yeah. It would also be, I mean, that's hard. It would be very hard. I mean, how? here's another question for you. I mean, we've already talked about how few people make their own projections, do their own modeling. How many maintain a day job and do that and because Bergman's playing like everything right now, right? Isn't that what I've heard? Yeah. Yeah. Like I see uh Jake's in chat. Jake, is he playing hockey? Because I have I don't play hockey anymore. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, yeah. Wouldn't you rather lose to Woo guys since you're most likely to get the money back later? Uh and we're talking about like the version of Woo that we want. Right. <laughs> like, the first version, 
I yeah. said that on one of our show, one of our shows yeah. a while ago. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, this is who we want to win because he's still gambling, and clearly he's just like a you know, a, a boozy sports fan. Yeah, no, I mean, and this is also, it's like, if we're doing this hypothetical, it's like, are you asking me to, if I'm losing once um, or am I losing like over and over and over? Like <laughs> imagine losing over and over to a, an actual whistles go woo guy. What, what, what school is that? I want to see if he's an adjunct pro- professor, David. Y- UConn School of Business. UConn. Yeah, Jake says he's playing hockey, slamming three defensemen and binked everything for two days. Slam- <laughs> slamming three defensemen. Okay. You know why? You know why, Jake? He's probably not very good at cruncher. So he's just he doesn't know what he's doing. So so Pete, yeah, usually I haven't played hockey in a year, but yeah, usually you don't want to slam three defensemen in your GPP stack. Uh it, is it like putting team captain uh, or team in captain for it's not uh, that League bad, but it's pretty bad. Okay. Especially like you can't play three defensemen on the court on the court on the ice, uh at the same time. Well, I guess you could in power plays or something. Who knows? But like, so you're not going to get the goal assist assist. Um, it defensemen don't score as frequently, obviously. So, so it'd be like playing two running backs from the same backfield kind of thing. Almost probably, probably. Yeah. But worse because in, in you, in the, in the hockey, you really want that correlation. Yeah. And you're just giving it, you're just dumping it, dumping it down. That's assuming he even uses them from the same team. Like if he uses them from, uh he binked everything two days straight, Jake says. Yeah. Okay, so he's got to be an adjunct professor then. Let's see. <laughs> I love that. I, that might be just Loki, one of my favorite yeah. moments on the show. He's got to be an adjunct professor. Let's see. Associate, like, associate professor. Okay. Jake yeah. says, agreed, Brian. I'm guessing he's just including all positions in both stacks. Well, look at this. You guys get to feel superior about your hockey DFS skills. Meanwhile, whistles goes woo, just gets all the money in the interviews. Well, I guess associate's professor might. <laughs> the adjunct means part-time basically. <laughs> Brian's going to try to dig up his high school GPA by the end of this show. <laughs> Let's uh... see what Bergman did on his SATs. <laughs> oh God, you're right. I'm stopping. <laughs> no, it, it it was funny. It is just I I, I need a third data point because we got whistles go woo and we have professor and I need one more data point to like break the tie in which direction uh, what, he is. What are the odds is he'll come on our show and eventually he'll be in my Discord. Me and him will be buddies. And you mean he's gonna go on the RBX eighty eight trajectory? <laughs> Me him and RBX eighty eight have a little three way DM and Discord. <laughs> Hey, I mean, be careful with the words three-way and RBX 88. You might miss a few PGA slates. <laughs> There's one tomorrow. There's one tomorrow. Two, two million makers in me. There you go. Uh, all right. So David Bergman, uh, if you're watching or if anyone out there is friends with David, we would love to have him on Lulz. Uh, I promise it'll be extremely cordial. We'll have a few drinks. We'll talk. Brian will try to figure you out, see what you're actually doing with your process. It'll be a grand old time. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it.
Yeah, I guess uh him yeah, who I guess uh this goes back to our issue of who who has his contact. I mean, there is a site. Maybe if you think he's at Cruncher, maybe you see if uh they're willing to to dox him for a Lowell's interview or at least say like send an email on your behalf. I know he is on some sites. Ooh, okay. Mm. I right. don't know uh, if it's if it's worth it to to go that deep, though, buddy. But I mean, you were just looking up uh, his adjunct professor status. It seems like you're pretty willing to go deep. <laughs> that because that would answer the time the time commitment thing. Yes, if you're a part time professor, then you could easily play DFS. Yeah, I can't wait to title this episode. Is David Bergman good for DFS? <laughs> well, what do you like, think now that was your whole bit was like you love this personality guy now you got this uh man in suit so i do i i still have that take of like well remember our take was like DraftKings does an atrocious job with like promoting the live finals creating characters out of these guys just inherently us talking about him right now means he has created a character worth talking about. Like we might reference the Chipotle bros like as a throwaway thing, but they're like, that's so abstract, right? Like at least we have stuff to discuss about him and his personality and the multifaceted side to his personality. I think that's good. Yeah. I, uh, the, so the thesis of like more personalities, I totally agree with, but it turns out he might not be that. And so now you might have, now what, what might get pushed is, a professor or whatever, a PhD is that good for DFS. And so if he keeps winning, I'm here to say it's not, and he should be banned. <laughs> well, I, I was listening to you on blenders podcast. I, I did make it through the whole thing. I did ramp wow. it up. To, I, I think I was at two X at one point, <laughs> Congratulations! Uh, but I was like, la- yeah, I was laughing at you because you were, it was funny because you were talking about, creating monsters you know you're worried you are you are worried about guys like david bergman or maybe not quite david bergman listening to lulz picking up your tips because him knowing the kind of things you're doing in his hands is a lot more dangerous than most people right yeah exactly or just someone like really really dedicated or whatever you know like yeah who just gets obsessed with stuff and is smart enough to, to you guys are cra- you guys are crazy yeah <laughs> someone put his email in there don't post that one i know i'm not posting that one we might use it though um yeah i mean by the end of lulz like one of you is going to be like you know what i just found a banana peel in his trash can i think he has a really potassium focused diet guys i mean that's that's where we're headed right now he's not he's not that good but well he's maybe not yet who knows it it is that is definitely a question how do you get how do you get how do you play all these i can't do nhl anymore like it's just not worth it. It's too hard, especially now. Yeah. You can Dave. <laughs> <laughs> How does he fucking do it? If he, if he never comes on, we got to do like a Yukon Dave shirt or something. That is oh great. Oh my God. That's a great little shirt. A Yukon right, Dave. Dave. Yeah. And we just um, got to start tearing him apart if he doesn't come on. Cause I have <laughs> is, uh, is he playing exclusively, tournaments or is he in the cash game three-man stuff too i don't know i'm I'm not playing uh cash game nba or mlb yeah don't worry um, although anyways 
we are forever whistles go woo is actually even too much of a mouthful and a tongue twister like yukon dave is just mm, chef if i was him i would ask him to change that name <laughs> as DraftKings, i've tried brian i really even, they won't let you change it brian that used to be one of my early bits on twitter before i even met you I would publicly, like for months on end, try to get DraftKings to let me change my username, and they would not do it. Hmm. Would not do it. Would not budge. I tried calling in favors. I was I was trying to do everything I could. They were not having it. Hmm. Yeah. Not having it. It's the, not like poker. It's not the same thing. I think you should get like one well, change or something. In the irony is like. I understand it from like um you know like a bum hunting standpoint or you know, whatever. But I was trying to make myself less anonymous. I was trying to go from my abstract username to like my real name. Right. Uh, so it was literally so people would know who I was. I'm like, I understand if I, if you're a Chipotle addict and you're trying to change it to, you know, uh, right. 49, 620, whatever, right. like, no, that's not cool. But like, and then you post a bunch of 10 K head to heads. Yeah. And they're like, who's the new fish in town. Right. I agree. But, yeah. And, and, and you're a, p- a public figure too, not just using your own name, like in the gambling world, you're a public figure and you're using your real name. They're, they're probably, I would guess is like, okay, if we let him do it, everyone's going to know that they could switch their names now because he is a public figure and he's going to tell everyone what they should have is they should have a thing where, cause obviously they have your, you know, your information, you know, your tax information, all of that stuff, like that there's a way if you want just your first and last name, that they have on record, you know, for your identity, if you want that to be your username, there should be like an on-ramp for that. That's, a, that's, I, that'd be cool. You see, lose, lose, uh, uh, comment here. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mixed it up. Lou. I, I I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm like, surprised you didn't go with the 69, 420. You know what? It's funny to say that. Cause I, I didn't have uh, my other hats down here. There was only one hat I had down here. Didn't normally don't want to, Show that one there. So yes, I am. I had a little man's coming out. Uh, Somebody tonight. says in my chat, "What are the chances RG hires hires UConn Dave?" <laughs> um, I would say slim to none. Like he's got a real job. I mean, now he's got millions. Well, that well now this is an interesting thing. There's teachers, right? And then what are what are touts? They're DFS teachers. I wonder if he actually has, like, does he want to teach DFS? I'm curious if that's a, an itch he has. These are the things we'll ask him mm-hmm. when we email, cold email him. <laughs> hey, Yukon Dave. It's Brick 75. <laughs> Three birds top here. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I am emailing him. Um, we will try to get him on uh, next week. What? Okay, right now, as we as we wrap things up here, I want yeah. you to give me the odds that let's just say, because maybe who knows, maybe scheduling's hard, but let's just say in the next three shows that we have David Bergman on the show, what are the odds? Plus one seventy five. That seems very, that seems very fair. So what I can't do my, what it, what would, is that like a 35% chance implied probability? More than that. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I look look at this confidence. You guys all think we're gonna get him. No. Plus one twenty, plus one fifty, yeah. Okay. 
All right, I'm going to do some work. I'm going to try to get it to 100%. I'm going to try to get it to 100%. I think it'd be fun. Um, you can, Dave. Well, the thing is, too, with a lot of these guys is if he's not, I mean, he might have a Twitter burner account, but a lot of these guys just aren't doing the media rounds because no one has their contact information or they're not available. You know, like I'm sure like when you have a presence on Twitter, people hit you up. You want to do a podcast or whatever. So it might not be that he's like anti doing media. It just might mean like he's busy and never gets asked. What are the odds that he will tweet at us? Hey, in the next day, Hey, this is my, my uh, Twitter account. Tell if you're a student. You're, you are just begging a Lowell's listener to catfish us with a recently created David Bergman Twitter account. Which avatar do you go with though? If, if you, if you send us, if someone tries to send me a message as David Bergman and this is the profile picture, I'm going to know you're full of shit. <laughs> uh, I was I, thinking we should, we should catfish him. <laughs> I, Lou, we didn't, we didn't say anything. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I didn't say anything tonight that I wouldn't say to his no, face. I held back if anything. <laughs> Yes, we are. I'm going to reach out. No, here, I'm, I'm being honest because I know you guys, uh, you, you dug up his email. No, no one send any emails yet because that, that will ruin it. Like if he gets multiple yeah. emails, then he's going to think, oh, this is a prank or whatever. Let me email him. Let me try him to book him on the show and uh, it'll be a good time. Yeah. I think if he goes through the lulls archive, I think we're safe. I don't think anything in there is too object- objective. Except the deleted Randon app. Yeah, but he can't f- access. That. No, he, he can't access that. Except on the anniversary episode, we did do a few of those clips. The only yeah, place. They're not true. <laughs> this They're is not fun. True. All we do is talk about Dave's on this show. Vegas Dave. <laughs> we can need a Yukon Dave shirt. Yukon Dave. Yes, we will get a Yukon Dave shirt. Uh, if we should probably, yeah, I'm trying to think, do we get the Yukon Dave shirts before or after we have him on the show? Either is kind of awkward. We got to really think this through. I don't know. I'm a big Yukon Dave fan right now. So, <laughs> um, okay guys. Uh, thank you for, uh, for tuning in. We will be back as usual next Wednesday. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a guest, maybe a guest that we talked about a lot tonight. Um, Brian, any other, uh, final plugs on your end? Nope. Uh, podcast will be up hopefully in the next half hour or so please please download it or you're you're promising you're promising a 500 word description in the in the youtube or in the pod description right that was a weak description last week i will cut and paste peter's description (laughs) (laughs) i like your level of commitment is i promise this time i will copy and paste what you write thank you brian All right, guys. For Brian Hooper, I'm Peter Overzet. This is Lulz. We'll see you guys next week. When you need- 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.